You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. I say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode of TV. I say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode of TV. I say with Hello and welcome to TV. I say with Ashley Ray. It's episode six. I can't believe we're already on episode six. I can't believe it. I am so excited for today's episode. We have Nico Anon from P-Valley, Uncle Clifford, one of my favorite characters. I can't wait to talk to him. Let's get into the watch list, the part of the pod where I talk about all of the TV I am watching. It's a lot this week, you guys. Like I said, I was sick, so... I got into a lot of TV when I can't get out of bed. Let's just jump into it. Starting with The Undoing, there's one episode left. It airs this weekend. I have just fallen in love with this show. It's so good. And this last episode had a twist that I kind of saw coming, but I'm really excited to see how they break it down. You should absolutely check it out. I don't think I need to convince you to watch something with Nicole Kidman in it. Yeah. Murder on Middle Beach, really enjoying it. This second episode dives into some of the darker possibilities of how this kid's mom died. Scenes of him getting into his mom's Facebook all these years after her death are just so interesting to watch. I would really recommend checking out Murder on Middle Beach on HBO Max. I think, you know, true crime is really shifting and changing as more technology, as more social media becomes available. And this is a really good look at it. So watch it. Let me know who you think did it. Because I was team husband, but now, now I'm not so sure. Bob's Burgers. You know I love Bob's Burgers holiday episodes. They had an amazing Thanksgiving episode, really focused on Gene. I feel like Gene doesn't often get a lot of episodes to really kind of dig into his character. And this was a fun one. So Bob's Burgers, just, yeah, every week I'm telling you that I'm just watching Bob's Burgers and it's still good. And you're like, I know. Grey's Anatomy. So, okay, at the end of the premiere, I said I did not understand what was happening with Meredith. She is found, kind of passed out, and now she's in the hospital seeing visions of people. Now it is clear she has COVID. They gave Meredith Grey COVID. I don't think Meredith Grey is going to die of COVID-19. That would be absolutely ridiculous. This woman has not survived plane crashes, bombs, guns in her hospital to die of COVID. So it's just, I think, a way for her to talk to her ghost husband, which, you know, okay, fine. Sure. Okay, Grace, I'm in. 
I'm always in. You guys can just do whatever you want with me. But it looks like the next episode, we are getting introduced to the interns. If you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, you know that every season they introduce a new set of interns and some of them become regulars and some of them are just slaughtered. And recently they've stopped that tradition of like slaughtering a new intern. People were complaining about the show being too depressing. So now they let the interns live. I don't know. I think we're getting a dead COVID intern. I think it's going to happen. So... Yeah, that's Grey's. I also continued the Reagans, the documentary on Showtime. The second episode is out. I loved this second episode. It really dived into Reagan's racism in a way that I don't think even his critics get into when they look at his sort of economic issues and issues of class. They really don't ever talk about how racist the man was. So this episode got into that. It's really great. Wonderful documentary. Check it out. Like I said, I was sick. So when I'm sick, the only show that I can watch is The Office. Like when I'm actively throwing up in pain, the only show that heals me is The Office. Anything else I put on will just give me a headache. Like I tried to watch episodes of The Crown and I was like, stop it with your goofy accents. I can't deal with this. So I just went back to The Office, ended up watching like three seasons while just vomiting into different vessels. But there's just something about the show that feels like a warm blanket or maybe it's just that I've seen it so many times I can go in and out of consciousness and it doesn't matter and it's not too grating. So, you know, just shout out to the office. Thanks for creating that. You guys, we're not even like halfway down this list. I'm so sorry. I watch a lot of TV. So we also had 90 Day Fiance, which the finale airs this weekend. 90 Day Fiance, the other way finale airs this weekend. And then we do have the eighth season of 90 Day coming back in like December 6th. So don't worry, you don't have to go too long without new 90 Day Fiance episodes, of course. There will also be a tell-all for 90 Day Fiance, the other way coming up too. So you're going to have your 90 Day content. Life After Lockup premiered. And again, they are cutting so much old footage with new stuff to like make these plots seem new, like we didn't just see them on Love After Lockup. I think they're just really running out of footage and they need new couples or something because I'm just getting pretty tired. You know, I gave up on the show. I might give up on it again. Blackish had a wonderful wedding episode when it came back from its one week break. I really loved it. It was cute. You know, I know they're setting it up for a spinoff. I'm really excited for that spinoff. I don't think they really set up necessarily an overall premise for the spinoff. But I think it's enough that we know Pop and Ruby are going to be so fun to watch and hang out with. So sure, I'm in. After that, I watched Superstore, which was great. I just I, I just love it as an ensemble comedy. Ensemble comedies don't get to last that long. Single parents we lost, happy endings we lost. And Superstore, it just is that for me. And it's a good time. I think this might have been the first episode where I really felt the loss of Amy's character. But, you know, I think they're finding their footing. And I'm going to keep watching. Had the Goldbergs, they did an episode about Adam and his girlfriend. You know, sometimes I think that they have handled the child actors on that show well, and sometimes I don't think they have. And this was an episode where I was a little like, I don't know why I'm supposed to care about what's happening here. But, you know, hey, family sitcoms, every episode's not going to be a hit. After that, How To with John Wilson. This is funny. How To with John Wilson. I started watching it when it came out, the first episode, and then I forgot about it. I just absolutely forgot about it. It's just such an odd show because I can't even describe the episodes. It's like, okay, 
it's this guy, he's always behind a camera and he's explaining how certain things work from clips. You might be like, Oh, this is boring. It's just like scenes of New York or whatever, but it is so anxiety inducing. It is harder to watch than Nathan for you. And that's saying a lot for me because Nathan for you is one of my favorite shows. I love, love awkward cringe comedy like that. And how to with John Wilson is just on such a different level of me just wanting to be like, oh God, please, this is so hard to kind of get through. But I really like it. It grew on me and I ended up watching the last four episodes all in a day. And obviously produced by Nathan Fielder. So there's the connection there. But just the way that he kind of jumps from one point to another is really fun to watch. Great show. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Next up is our clip of the week. What is my clip of the week? This week, it's Staff Let's Flats, of course. There's this moment in the season two, episode one, where Staff finds out someone is pregnant and his reaction in that moment just kind of solidified everything I loved about the character, just his earnestness, his dopiness. I had to pause. I was like laughing so hard at this reaction. And it's just like when the show and when that character won me over. So this is our clip of the week. Okay, you want to get you thin, thin yogurt or something? Oh, God, I'm pregnant, not bed-bound. Oh, uh... Your pardon, the uh, governor? No, I, um... Oh, do you know what? People are going to start to spot the glow soon enough, aren't they? So, yeah, go on then, yeah, I'm prego, yeah. Prego? Okay. Are you the mother? I, 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 I oh, don't yeah. know how to answer that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> are you the mother? <laughs> So good. Check out that show on HBO Max. That was The Watchlist, our clip of the week. Next up, we have our wonderful interview with Nico Anon from P-Valley. This is my spoiler bitch disclaimer. We are not going to be spoiling anything that happens on P-Valley. So feel free to listen without the fear of any P-Valley spoilers. I promise. Buckle in. It's such a good combo. I am so glad to have you here today, Nico. Nico, Uncle Clifford from P-Valley. So happy to have you on TV, I say. How are you doing today? Welcome to the pod. Well, thank you for being here in the pod with you in TV, I say. And then we were side by side. So I feel like we're in a pod for real. So. <laughs> Me too. Like, you know, we're in, we're in our little bubbles, but here we are together. <laughs> 
Yeah. Listen, you know, it's so important that we've been maintaining contact for real within it. And as much as everybody is like, oh, I'm over Zoom and I'm over streaming this and that, you have to admit that there is some connection that is coming from it. I was on a Zoom for one of my aunt's birthdays over the weekend. And so in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, you know, all the quote unquote Hollywood and then the world and then the country and then the world, we're going down. You know? <laughs> yeah. Still having a moment to celebrate, you know, an aunt's birthday. It's still comforting. So yeah, it may be and- annoying and different for us, but we all here. Yeah. And I feel like it's been so difficult. And P-Valley was one of the shows that got me through this. I, uh, me and my mom, we were stuck in quarantine. We watched it together, which I think it was pretty brave for me to watch it with my mom. She, she, had, to, she had to look away whenever there were titties on the screen, but then she would always be like, is Uncle Clifford back? Is Uncle Clifford back? And I look. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious. Like she can relate to Uncle Clifford more than she can to a pair of titties. And she right. got two of them. <laughs> But that's the thing, like Uncle Clifford, she was like, oh my gosh, he reminds me of your cousin. Oh my gosh, I love Uncle Clifford. And it's like, there's such universalness in that character. And I want to get to that. But first, I'm really curious, you know, P-Valley coming out during quarantine. I know everybody loves it. What is it kind of like to be getting your flowers, your attention and all this love for the show during this really just isolated time? I think it's a little bit of a time warp. And I say that because... Initially, when it first came out, what, in July, July 12th, it was like being in another world. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, and catching on to the show. And because we were quarantined, some of us, like I was in New York actually at the time. I live in LA, but I was in New York at the time doing a play on Broadway at the Signature Theater. And so we got closed down in the middle of everything. And then the show came out. So it was kind of like this was happening but the world didn't know about it. And now it's like, oh, this is big. (laughs) You know, because it's something that I've lived with for so long. But then also we shot it in 2019. And then when the network, you know, coming out on Stars was just really great and they really wanted to just hit it at the right time. Having something that you have experienced personally, and then you get to share it and you get to experience it in a whole different kind of way. So like, I knew that it was big and I knew that the people would respond, but to actually feel it, it is something else. I'm very proud. That's the word. And not even proud of my work like that and, or the show. I'm proud mostly of the community. I'm proud of the community that the show was made for, that they're responding and that they see it, that they see the little things like the peppermint pickle sticks or the Chico sticks, you know what I'm saying? Or you're seeing the women and the men of all different gradients of social class within our community. You're getting to see the ones who always have their hair laid or the wigs tied down or the natural girls, or you're seeing the poly community, the bi community, the non-binary community. It's some of everybody, the elders, the church, the club, like you're just seeing some of everybody represented. And I feel like that's just really dope. And even those outside of the community, and when I say community, I'm talking about race, region. Yeah. You know, people that don't necessarily know about the American South or the Black American Southern experience. It's a real wonderful treat to really have people 
be transported into the world and taste it this way. Yeah. And you all do such a wonderful job of bringing that world to life. Like I said, my mom, she's from the South. She's from Texas and she loves Uncle Clifford. There is just something about that character where it reminds you of a family member, someone you grew up with, someone you knew, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think there's just such a personal level in the writing and the characters and the portrayals. Can you speak a little bit to your own background and what you brought to Uncle Clifford? Well, Uncle Clifford was the brainchild originally of Katori Hall, the creator and writer of the show. Some people like to call her a modern day Zora Neale Hurston. Yeah. And I would agree. I would totally agree. <laughs> you know, I, so yeah. <laughs> I, I just led a panel with her, actually, and we got to talk about that and how people okay. sometimes need to use subtitles to watch the show because she writes it in the original dialect. And that's mm-hmm. just like Zora Neale, where people would get upset about that. And she was like, I don't care if you're going to get upset and say you don't understand it. This is how my people mm-hmm. talk. So I yes, absolutely. And one of the things about that, Ashley, that even when you read the script, it aids in the transportation as the actor into the world. When you have to slow down and read, I'm finna go to the stove. Finna go to S-T-O. Oh, I'm finna go to the stove. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You sometimes, you know, the code shifting as a black actor, sometimes the code shifting can work to your detriment when it comes to relating to your own community. And that is the danger when you forget where you come from or you don't get an opportunity to exercise your own tone. Yeah. And the gift, honestly, as an actor is to be able to do this type of work on this kind of a platform. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, you do this kind of work in the church place. You do this kind of work when you really start off and somehow it is possible. I don't think it is the aspiration, but it's possible as an artist, as you're going through all of the gestation periods and getting exposure and you're expanding your reach, right? And just your knowledge. Sometimes people try to strip away all of the things that make you so unique. And P-Valley is just a world where you get all your accoutrement back, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just really, really, really dope. So like, kind of transported into that world. You mentioned family members. So I definitely, I thought about some of mine and my Uncle Bill was definitely an influence. My Uncle Bill was not non-binary and I don't even know if my Uncle Bill would identify as gay. People would identify him maybe more so as in the bi space or the poly space, but those kind of words didn't exist in the 50s yeah. and in the 40s. So being a part of a show where identity, when it comes to Black culture being expanded and just being talked about is what is awesome. Like, that's a part of the revolution. So for me to hear that you're talking about watching the show and experiencing it, like, with your mom. And other people have said, like, the whole intergenerational component. Like, oh, yeah, I watch it with my kids. And it's like, oh, your kids? How old are those kids? (laughs) Exactly. Like, what's going on? And one woman, she told me, she said she thought she identified with Terrica, Mercedes' daughter, and being on a dance team and the roles that young women go through in terms of expressing their sexuality. This woman, she said, I actually hadn't seen a show really broach the topic of young girls embarking on their womanhood. And when you have the girls that are twerking on the fence and having what they call the bad bitch party, yeah, uh, you know, and having Mercedes chastise them and things like that, because girls also go through periods of where, oh, I may be more, they call it fast or, you know, or I say the exploration of what 
sexual identity looks like from a, a female perspective. So, you know, I think that the show just really taps on so many things that we all in the pot together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's those universal themes that I think push it beyond a lot of shows that have Black casts are centered still around white audiences and teaching white audiences. And that yeah. can be so grating. And that is not P-Valley. P-Valley is a Black show for Black people. It's not going to take its time to explain anything. And I think that's amazing. I think that's obviously why Uncle Clifford has become this character people love. But looking at your career as a whole, and you kind of talked about this a bit, I just love that. I feel like you've always kind of taken roles and shows that I think are really good at portraying Black characters. You were in Claws. When I saw you on P-Valley, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I was like, oh my God, yeah, him, him, him. Because I knew you from Claws. I recognized you from Shameless. This is us, Snowfall. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like, not just this is an amazing character, but this is someone who I recognize as routinely playing amazing Black characters in shows that I love Shameless, but it is a white show. But, you know, mm-hmm. as standing mm-hmm. out, that are true to their Blackness. So I was like, this is, for me, seeing you in P-Valley was like, this is the moment. This is like the flowering, the fruition of all of this work. So if you could maybe kind of talk about that path. I mean, this is a shameless clause. It's such a wonderful resume to me. It is. And to be honest with you, actually, at the time, I knew that something special was happening. I knew that something was in the ether and how different roles were coming to me in terms of just for the audition. Just the audition in and of itself said, oh, something's changing. Something's changing. You know, I'm a theater baby. So I grew up in the theater. I was that kid. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So I was that kid that was on Six Mile in Illinois at a dance school at 13, you know, (laughs) when my mama worked at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, like her friend's dance school. It was just real basic. And from there, it just kind of snowballed. So I have been blessed to be able to have a journey that kept me hungry because it didn't give me everything that I thought I wanted initially. Yeah. So it has been the years of milling over and making change and honestly, connecting, networking with my classmates. Honestly, like I, to this day, the person who introduced me to Katori Hall, I went to high school with. (laughs) that's amazing you know what I mean and so sitting around doing those salon readings with Katori and developing Uncle Clifford since 2009 because you've worked with her on this since the play Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I originated the character so we built it together she had this idea and concept of what could a person be like if they embodied all of their femininity and all of their masculinity there's a world that Uncle Clifford lives in where she has access to both female and male privilege. And I feel like Uncle Clifford really just stands in the gap for these marginalized members of society, you know, the women in this club and the men. And I feel like that kind of came about because of the love and care for self that I discovered that was a part of the life. Because I remember when we were doing the play, Ashley, we did the play at Mixed Blood Theater in 2015 in Minneapolis. And there was a moment in the script, one of the scenes with Uncle Clifford and Little Murder. And Little Murder was making a comment about Uncle Clifford's nails. And I didn't have any nails on. And they were like, oh, we have to get your nails. And then I said, oh, where are they? And they said, oh, no, we're going to send you to the shop. And pushing the story forward, it was a thing where they wanted me to actually go and get a full set on. And I said, 
but they won't come off, guys. And they were like, <laughs> oh, no, they should run at least for the first three weeks of the show. And I was like, no. So this is the thing. I am playing a character and I am playing a character that I love and that is a member of my community. I had to educate the production team on just some of the parameters and the safety and what that would entail, because to walk in the world in this body and in that expression, there's a certain level of hate. There's a certain level of adoration, appreciation that you're going to get as well. But there also is the opportunity for violence definitely increases. And so having that conversation with a group of people It made me realize that's a part of this character that you have to hold on to, that God was giving me the experience of doing it through the play because it was going to be a part of the bigger narrative. And me having to really identify with the trials, the pain, the fear, and the ferocity that it takes to wear that skin and those nails outside of this theater. It was important. So it's been little nuggets like that. I remember here in LA, I was out and out there by the TJIF, by the airport off of, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I live by the airport. (laughs) Got you. So I was over there and I was at that Marshall's over there and I was trying on some shoes. That's where I got my shoes for the audition for my screen test for Uncle Clifford. And I'll never forget, there was this one sister in there. I was trying on shoes and she was like, you should get those. I like those. And, you know, we had a whole little kiki back and forth over like the shoes. So me shopping for the character, I would do it randomly throughout time to just build up little nuggets. So there was an intimacy that I've known about her over time. Yeah. I just think it all comes through and the character is so beautifully put together said represents these marginalized communities. And I think we've had characters that have kind of tried to play that role in other shows and throughout kind of Black TV history. And sometimes they're played more as a joke or just Mm -hmm. kind of given, you know, a few brief lines and or it's a teaching moment of be nice to (laughs) trans people or queer people or something like that. In this, what I loved, the moment for me that made me go, Uncle Clifford is a character that is going to sit in TV history is when you had Loretta Devine play Clifford's (laughs) grandmother. Grandmother. (laughs) And her name is Ernestine, which is my great aunt's name. So I love that. (laughs) But to me, Loretta Devine obviously is just Black cultural history, waited for everything, waiting to excel all the TV. And so to just directly draw that in the casting, and to me, that's how it read. To me, I felt it was this passing of the olive branch. So if you could just speak to working with her and I mean that it, you know, the way that, that you're that feeling, scene, that's my favorite scene, please just go ahead. I'm gonna shout. <laughs> please. Oh, yes. Smoke together. You know? <laughs> I, I paused and messaged all my friends and I was like, if you are not watching P Valley, Loretta Devine just smoked weed. <laughs> a whole blunt, baby. A yes. whole blunt. <laughs> that moment was so is, I won't say was cause it's not over. It is so special. Miss Divine has been someone that I've looked up to forever. I really fell in love with her when I knew that she did Dreamgirls. When I was doing Dreamgirls as a play, the very first time I did it was in high school. And I played Cece, Cece White, the brother that yeah. writes the songs. And I kept hearing her voice on the record. And I was like, who is this woman that has this high note, like this high voice? This is so fierce. I love it. 
And that's when I started to fall in love with her. And then Waiting to Exhale kind of came out. And then she was the original dean on A Different World. She was Denise's, uh, you know, then their house, the dorm director, dorm or whatever director, you call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was on my vision board, honestly, that I would work with her. I did not know it was going to be this soon, but there is something to say for manifestation. So Absolutely. Uh, when she came in on set, it was very shockingly seamless. Working with her is like breathing, literally. Maybe not for everybody, but the two of us together, it's like breathing. And we had a whole hoot and a hanny because we would always do like little improvs before our scenes to kind of get us into the rhythm and Uncle Clifford's and Ernestine's banter and just had fun. It was constant moments of learning. You mentioned passing a baton and I love that you could feel that, that you used that because you must have felt that through the screen yeah. because there would be times where she would say things to me that were really imprinted on my heart, whether it was something about sustaining oneself in the industry or whether it was, you don't fit into everyone's normal box. Stay there. Yeah. Don't feel the need to change, you know, and sharing her testimony and being a person whom I guess maybe because of having a different voice or because of maybe at that time being darker skinned or whatever obstacles that she may have overcome, I feel like she really was telling me things, nuggets along the way of this is how you can survive this. Some of them were affirmations. Some of them were just an impartation of knowledge, but she is a woman that definitely carries on the tradition. So it was a blessing and a blast to work with her. I can't wait to work with her some more. I can't yeah. wait to see things with the two of you. Like my mom stopped and was like, are they actually related? Like the energy is just, <laughs> I was like, I don't think so, but. <laughs> no, we're not. We met in the parking lot of the Valley, you know, literally. They told me one day that she was leaving and I was coming from another scene and we had not officially met yet. And I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I have to go see my grandmother. And so she was getting in the van. She was literally getting in the transportation van. And so I came out and I was like, grandmother, you know, I'm screaming across the parking lot. Just, and she was like, what the hell? <laughs> and so I was coming down there. I didn't have on any heels. So I had on my flip flops. So I gave a little light, little jog, you know, a little teeter totter <laughs> down there. And I threw my arms open. This was very color purple. So I threw my arms open. I was like, that's great, blah, blah. And she put her hand up to say, like, stop for a minute. And she looked at me and she said, baby, who is you? And I said, <laughs> I said, hey, what's up, Loretta? I said, I'm Nico. And she said, ooh, child, you my Clifford, huh? Ooh, look at you. And she took my hand in her face and she said, I want to know who do your makeup. You show sure is pretty. And I said, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I would have so, died. From there, I was just like, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. This is all it has to be. <laughs> oh my God. I would have died right then and there. I, Oh, that is so special. I love that story so much. <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. And she was one of the people, like, she could see Nico. Sometimes some people, especially when they're first meeting me, if your first time meeting me was as Uncle Clifford and on set, there, there's a whole other kind of transformation that happens because I'm not Nico. Like all actors, you do have elements of yourself 
that may be a part and laced within your characters, but to really be in the space that I feel Uncle Clifford lives in, to be able to have her identity exist in this fluidity. And she's not a person who wants to transition. She does not want to transition because that would mean giving up a little bit of that masculine privilege that can then be an asset to these marginalized communities. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why for me, in the very first episode, when you see her getting dressed to go to the bank and going from what she would wear in the club and what she would wear to go to the grocery store to say, oh, I need to be able to put on a little bit of male privilege to get these finances so that I can then be an advocate for these girls and for this club and for myself, you know? So it's a complex conversation. I know that people are going to get to know more about her as the seasons go on. You guys, it's just the first eight episodes. So it's a wild ride. I will tell you that. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. And just to clarify and to kind of point out that difference, Uncle Clifford uses she, her pronouns. You use he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear in case anybody's listening is mad. I use he, him pronouns when talking about you, Nico. But I would imagine you probably, like you said, run into that a lot where people have a hard time separating this larger than life character who has had such an impact from you. To be honest with you, it doesn't happen as much as you think. Sometimes people like do a double take, you know, when things were a little more open in the city and stuff like that, sometimes people would pass me by and be like, wait, wait, is that, that's Uncle Clifford. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? But in the construction of the show, we are very mindful. You get to see Uncle Clifford in all spaces, all spaces. It's not just one. So it was important for me. You know, you mentioned previous iterations and characters that are in the lexicon. I'll say this. When I looked online, I would go on Instagram, I'll go on Facebook, and I would see people adorning an identity for a joke and for a punchline. And I always thought, well, what about the people who that is their real life? That is their true experience. Because like you said, your mother said, Uncle Clifford reminds her of a cousin. I said, it reminds me of Uncle Bill. Other people have said, oh, 
Uncle Chris reminds me of blah, 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 blah. I think because there is not just one person or one type of person that Uncle Clifford reminds you of. That is the beauty and the power of the character. The fact that Uncle Clifford carries the moniker of uncle, yet everyone says she, her, those that are not close or not aware of who Uncle Clifford is will say he, him in the show. And then those that don't approve of Uncle Clifford and still have their homophobia and misogyny, they are going to say derogatory terms. The fact that in one show, you get to see that entire truth spectrum is the message. Having these conversations and asking people, what are your pronouns? That is the revolution to see other people in the world that have been ignored or that haven't had any light shined on them to give them their flowers to say, hey, you are worthy. And especially the black and the browns because they have been forgotten for so long. So it's all of that. Yes. Nico, I am so thankful for this conversation. This has been so wonderful. The way you've illuminated the character, the show, you've just spoken to everything that made me love Uncle Clifford and love P-Valley. And I'm so thankful. (laughs) What other fun TV are you watching right now? (laughs) What other fun TV? Or not fun, you know, anything else you're watching. Personally, all I watch is 90 Day Fiance. So, (laughs) You know, I haven't gotten into 90 Day Fiance, but I'm watching Move. Move is on Netflix. It's a dance documentary. I love being a dancer and choreographer as well. That really speaks to me. I also fell in love with The Queen's Gambit. Love uh, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Oh. I just like that it took me somewhere else, honestly. <laughs> I just like the transportation of it, that it just took me somewhere else. I was pleasantly surprised by, because I'm only just starting it, by okay. the way. So I'm just starting it. The Black Girl, that's also in the orphanage. I like how her character had importance. She was not just a throwaway character. Yeah. I interviewed mm-hmm. Moses Ingram yesterday about Jolene oh. and Uncle Clifford, my two favorite characters. Got to speak to both of you. I was like, this is my favorite week ever. Oh my God. This is your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> my birthday is on Saturday. Around. I was like, this is my present. I got to interview Moses Ingram and Nico. And like, oh my gosh. I love it. So wait, before we go, let me ask you one question. We didn't talk about turning up. What's your favorite turn-up moment from season one? Okay, I have to go... Oh my gosh, this is really hard for me to pick. I'm just saying, like, is it the Trinity dance? Is it Lil Murder's performance? Is it, you know... I'm stuck between Lil Murder's performance and obviously Uncle Clifford supporting in the corner, going wild. (laughs) But then also when Am I Cricket Letter, Cricket Letter... Walked mm-hmm. up on the Miss stage when Mercedes, you know, was dealing with her mm-hmm. demons and Mississippi mm-hmm. stepped up. That to me, I was like, there it is. And just the way that that was shot in the blue and the sparkling of the cell phones, like mm-hmm. stars, when it was like, yeah. this is her moment. That's when yeah. I was like, girl, leave that horrible white man, please. <laughs> well, what makes you even think that he's horrible? See, it's so much. I love it. That I'm like, true, true. Something, you know, listen. Of that story, I guess. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, listen, just because she a sister don't mean she ain't trifling or has trifling ways. That's true. I, we have all been there. I just love her so much. She's so just sweet. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love that character. <laughs> and then also when Lil Murda's song finally plays and he's like in the parking lot and he's like, that's my song. I was just like, I'm rooting for you, baby. Okay. That's your song. So it sounds like Fallen. Fallen is your yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's so much. It's so much out here. What is it? The octopus teacher. 
it was some weird thing. I fell into the rabbit hole and started watching this documentary about the octopus teacher. It's this documentary of this guy who tracked the octopus for a year and his relationship with an octopus in the ocean. It's actually very interesting. That sounds like so something I, I'd absolutely watch just uh, over a weekend. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you need things to kind of take you away, take you away. So this weekend, I'm just going to be sitting around watching the Soul Train Awards. Yes, I cannot yeah. wait for the Soul Train Awards. I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You have a couple of surprises and maybe you have a little visit and your little moment at the paint down there on the Soul Train. I am hoping that we do. I know everybody is hoping we get some kind of performance. We need a P-Valley moment. I think as a country right now, we need it. Yes, as a country. Yes, as a country. We're going to all hit them with that body. I know you already got the dance down. I know you already got the dance down. You know it. You know it. It's so fun talking with you. You too. What a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Watch P-Valley. Watch the Soul Train Awards this weekend. It is going to be so much fun. Thank you for listening this week. Thank you for listening to TV. I say if you enjoyed that conversation, please support us on the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash TV. I say pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I say pod. Since I am still not on Twitter, I would really recommend you follow at TV. I say pod, you know, and also rate and review if you want five stars, please. If you love the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with another episode. The TV I Say theme song was made by Rafia Santana, and our artwork was created by Chastity Hyman. Tito's Handmade Vodka had been mixed with its fair share of cocktails. But one night, a chilled glass topped with lime and cranberry would change everything this bottle knew about happy hour. From the producers of America's Favorite Vodka, it turns out the cocktail you've been waiting for was right there the whole time. The Tito's Rom Cosmo. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll sip with Tito's. Coming to cocktail parties near you at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.